Chapter Twenty Seven of Mrs. Balfame by Gertrude Horn Atherton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty Seven. Three days before the date set for the opening of the trial, Mrs. Balfame deferred to the advice of her counsel and friends, and received the women reporters. Not only the four depending upon Miss Crumley, but a representative of every woman's page in new york and brooklyn they presented themselves in a body at three o'clock in the afternoon and were conducted upstairs by the fluttered mrs larks who had anticipated them with all the chairs in the jail they crowded into the little sitting-room and given time to dispose themselves before the door leading into the bedroom opened and mrs balfame entered she bowed composedly and with a slight diffident smile walked to the chair reserved for her her weeds were relieved by white crepe at the neck and wrists but to two of the newspaper women who had interviewed her a year since as the founder of the friday and country clubs she had lost her haunting air of girlhood there was not a line in her beautiful skin nor a gleam of silver in her abundant brown hair but she had suddenly entered upon the full maturity of her years and what she may have lost in charm they decided she had gained in subtle force the other women agreed that she looked as cold and chaste as diana quite incapable of any of those mortal passions that drive fallible earthians into crime it was an ordeal and she drew a long breath you you wish to interview me miss sarah austin whose brilliant parts were generally recognized and whose creative fervor was suspected by few had been elected to the office of spokeswoman and replied promptly indeed we do mrs balfame and before asking you any of the tiresome questions without which there could be no interview we should be glad to know if you read the women's pages in our newspapers and realize that we are all friends and shout our belief in your innocence from the housetops yes oh yes murmured mrs balfame stiffly but with a more spontaneous smile that is the reason i finally consented to see you i do not like being interviewed but you have been very kind and i am grateful there was a deep murmur and after miss austin had thanked her prettily for her appreciation of their modest efforts she continued in a brisk and business-like manner now mrs balfame what we should like is your story we have been warned by mr rush that we cannot ask you whom you suspect much less the reasons upon which you found your suspicion ah her final vocative was expressed in an angry gurgle rush had entered he was so close to panic at the prospect of facing a roomful of women unsupported by a single male that his face was almost terrifying in its strength but it had suddenly occurred to him that although these girls had agreed to write their interviews at the dobton inn and submit them to his censorship it was possible one or more would slip over to new york bent on sheer sensationalism you must excuse me he said with a valiant assault upon the lighter mood but my client is in the witness box you see and must be protected by counsel miss austin swung about and faced him with a faint satiric smile oh very well she said you may stay but i for one shall not adjust my hat it is a curious fact that newspaper women are seldom if ever of the masculine type 
their sheer femininity indeed is almost as invariable as their air of physical weariness not one of the little company laughed with a more than perfunctory appreciation of their captain's wit and several stared at rush fascinated by his harsh masculinity the peculiar atmosphere of tense alertness in which he seemed to have his being the magnetism which was more an emanation from an almost perpetual concentration of his mental forces than from any of the lighter physical attributes he folded his arms and leaned against the door and it was only fair to the cause of woman to state that hardly one of these whose ages ranged from twenty to thirty-six was unwomanly enough despite the fact that she earned her bread in daily competition with man to give mrs balfame her whole attention thereafter while keeping their business heads they uncovered a corner of their hearts to the sun and quickened however faintly in its glow now miss austin resumed we will counsel permitting ask you to give us your story of that night as you may have been misquoted and there has been so much speculative stuff published about you there surely can be no objection to that and she squared her shoulders upon mr rush mrs balfame looked at her counsel with a gracious deference and he nodded no harm in that he said curtly tell them practically the story you would tell if you took the stand there's only one story to tell and it is as well the public should bear it in mind while reading the reports of the witnesses for the prosecution that means he's rehearsed her whispered miss loretta lee who had reported many trials to miss tracy who was a novice but that's all right well i suppose i should begin with the scene at the club that is to say i do not care to speak of it in detail quite aside from a natural regard for good taste but it seems to have been given a unique importance just so said miss austin encouragingly do let us have your version the public simply longs for it well i should tell you first that although my husband was sometimes irritable he really was a good husband and we never had any vulgar quarrels it was only when he was not quite himself that he sometimes said more than he meant and he never quite forgot himself as he did that day out at the country club i was playing bridge in one of the smaller rooms when i heard his voice pitched in a very exciting key i knew that something unusual had occurred and went out into the large central room at once there i saw him at the upper end of the room surrounded by several of the men who were apparently trying to induce him to leave he was shouting and saying such extraordinary things that my first impression was that he was ill or had lost his mind i reasoned with him and as it did no good and as i was deeply hurt and mortified i left him to the men and returned to the bridge room there in spite of the kindness of my friends i found i was too overcome to play and dr anna stoyer offered to drive me home that is all as far as the scene at the clubhouse is concerned except that i cannot sufficiently emphasize that he never had acted in a similar manner before if he had i should not have continued to live with him not that i should have obtained a divorce for i do not approve of the institution but i should have moved out i have a little money of my own left me by my father ah yes thanks and after you were in your own house do you mind of course we have read the story you told the men but we should like our own story 
Perhaps you may have thought of some other points since Yes, there are one or two I had entirely forgotten in the agitation of that time that I went below after packing my husband's suitcase to get a drink of filtered water and I thought I heard someone try the kitchen door I also thought I heard someone upstairs and called the name of my maid of course a good deal would be made of this omission but considering the terrible circumstances and the fact that I never had been interviewed before I do not find it in the least remarkable but of course you want me to begin at the beginning and in her pleasant shallow voice she told the story she had immediately concocted for her friends as miss austin asked a few questions in the endeavor to inject some essence of personality into the bold story rush permitted the sensation of dismay with which he had listened to take implacable form he never had heard a less convincing story on the witness stand mrs balfame had talked glibly far too glibly it was evident to the least initiated that she had been rehearsed was her mind really as colorless as her voice had she no sense of drama he had hoped that the excitement of this interview coming after weeks of supreme monotony would kindle her to animation and a natural enrichment of vocabulary and witnessing its effect upon these friendly women she would be encouraged to simulate both on the witness stand it was a pity he reflected bitterly that a woman who could lie to her counsel with such a fine front of innocence could not put over the large dramatic lie that would help him so materially in his difficult task miss austin despairing of color made a shift with psychology would you mind telling us mrs balfame if you feel a very great dread of the trial we realize that it must loom a terrible ordeal oh of course the mere thought of all that publicity horrifies me whenever i permit myself to think of it but it has to be and that is the end of it since the real culprit will not come forward but i feel confident i shall not break down under the strain i might have done so if the trial had followed immediately upon my arrest but all these weeks in jail have prepared me for anything but are you not terrified of of the outcome we know and rejoice that the chances are all in your favor but men are so queer i am not in the least terrified it is impossible to convict an innocent woman in this country and then inclining her head graciously to the watchful rush i have the first criminal lawyer in brabant county to defend me it is a detestable thought to be stared at in the courtroom as if i were an object in a museum but i shall keep thinking that in a few days at most it will be over and that i shall then return to the private life i love yes and would you mind telling us something of your plans shall you continue to live in elsinore i shall go far away to europe if possible i suppose i shall return in time of course in a hasty afterthought i should not be contented for very long without my friends they have grown to be doubly valuable and valued during this long term of incarceration but i must travel for a while that is quite natural how normal you are dear mrs balfame it was miss loretta lee who spoke up with enthusiasm you are just a sweet serene normal woman who couldn't commit a violent act if you tried be sure the public shall see you as you are 
I don't wonder your friends adore you don't mind being stared at the more people that see you the more friends you will have Her eyes moved to rush and she was rewarded by a smile that expressed relief She was a very experienced reporter and knew exactly how he felt and believe me she said as they trooped down the stairs having passed before the balfame throne and received a limp handshake of dismissal that poor man's worried half to death he'll get about as much help from her on the stand as he would from a tired codfish but she really is a divinely sweet woman and lovely to look at and so i'll sob over her for all i'm worth and seclude from the cynical and the sentimental that she has distilled crystal in her veins did you ever know such a perfectly rotten interview miss austin was scowling fiercely the men did a thousand times better because they took her by surprise but even they cursed her i figure out she has made up her friday club mind to look the marble goddess minus every female instinct including a natural desire to shoot a brute of a husband but i wish she had brain enough to put it over with some pep she was afraid to be dramatic or couldn't be and so was trying to be literary i don't agree with you and arguing and scolding they wended their disapproving way over to the dobton inn and sat them down at tables to make the most of their bare material no censorship needed here growled miss austin she froze my very imagination End of chapter twenty seven